everyone and welcome to Marking the Role, a podcast for teachers. We're based in the Illawarra, but this is for teachers everywhere. My name is Phil Dye and I'm an ex-teacher. Last week, I spoke to Paul Martin from NESA, the New South Wales Education Standards Authority, and I spoke to him about how much administrative work teachers are doing, and he actually acknowledged that teachers are doing a far greater amount of administrative work than they have ever done before, and that was a good acknowledgement. After talking to Paul, I thought perhaps it's time for organisations like NESA, like the NCCD, NCCD, the Data Collection Unit, um, and different state education departments to get together to work out exactly how much admin work they're putting on our teachers because it would seem they don't discuss it and teachers are being fully bogged down. So bogged down they can't even create uh, stimulating and motivating lessons. That was last week and we had a record number of listeners not only from New South Wales, from all over Australia and from overseas. For those new to marking the role... We have a couple of brain breaks during um, the podcast. A brain break is just something to release the tension, release the electrical system in your brain, um, to just relax you so that you can come back and pay more focus. And good teachers always have a brain break in the class uh, for their students, um, usually after the 20-minute mark. Today's topic is behaviour. The behaviour of students and a little on the behaviour of parents. Behaviour was ranked as number two. The number two reason why teachers were leaving the profession. That they were being abused and disrespected. And if they were going to stay in the profession, this had to be corrected. It actually ranked above salary. First was administrative, second was behaviour and then salary. So for those parents who think that this is all about salary, it's not. Teachers are copping a lot when it comes to disrespect from uh, students and occasionally parents. Now, I want to state that this is not all schools. It is not all areas. We know that most kids at school uh, from K to 12 um, are terrific and they Um, follow the rules and they respect the teachers and they respect their their peers but there are some who don't and it would seem that our current education systems cater more for those who don't respect and teachers and don't obey the rules than for those who do last year during the covid epidemic i was working for royal prince alfred hospital and Uh, The nurses and doctors and some of us were being abused by patients and abused by visitors, usually when we insisted on them wearing a mask. Now, the department saw that and added more security guards, and all we had to do was, when we were abused, uh, was to call a number and say code black, and within seconds there'd be security guards running up to us. Now, they wouldn't drag the person out and, and, and manhandle them, no. They would try and settle the person down. Um, and hopefully get an apology out of them. The important thing is that the staff of the hospital were believed first. Their version of events were believed, not the person who was creating the disturbance. 
In each state's Department of Education, it would seem that the right to belief lies with the perpetrator, that the teacher then has to, in some ways, prove that this happened, um, and um, the benefit of the doubt will go to the, the student, or in some cases, the parent. And that is very different to how health departments are now um, are treating disrespect. The next 40 minutes are quite confronting, contain some stories that are very difficult to listen to. I would urge bureaucrats from all state education departments to have a good listen, because it would seem that teachers do not feel safe, and there is a duty of care for teachers and the staff, and perhaps that duty of care is not being carried out, because teachers are feeling in danger. Um, we did some research and that research will be um, covered a little bit further on in the program. I thought I'd start with an interview from a very anxious teacher who contacted me during the week. She wanted her name read out. She had no trouble of having her voice heard. Uh, but I've decided that I will beep out her name for her own safety in this interview. So I apologise for the beeps that you'll hear. Here she is. Um, I'd like to, to welcome... You've been teaching since 2005. What's some of your teaching history? What have you been doing? Okay, so I started as a research scientist um, and then changed to teaching when my kids like started getting to school age. And I teach senior maths, science and, um, and junior science. Okay, so you're teaching now at a high school? Yes. Okay. And you've got some experiences with behaviour, um, and not all positive ones. Could you could you relate the, the, the experience that you uh, message us about? So um, at the beginning of the year, um, I spent a year away at a different school last year, um, acting in a position of high responsibility. And I came back to my base school at the beginning of this year, obviously um, not knowing a lot of the students that were in year eight because I missed them when they were in year seven. Um, a lot of the older students still remember me from previous years. But um, anyway, I have two very challenging grade eight classes. And at the beginning of the year, I would get sworn at every class. Like there wouldn't be one day where I would go home without being sworn at, being called words that I won't repeat on the, um, on the air. Anyway, one particular day, a student in my class physically grabbed me and twisted my arm and squeezed my wrist to the point where she left marks. I had to send a student to the office to get a deputy to come and remove her from, like, assaulting me. And, and what happened after that? I mean, that's, that's a fairly severe infringement, you would think. Well, um, there was only five minutes left of the lesson. So I was taken out of the class and the deputy who came to my aid, like took the rest of the class. The student was removed from the class for the day um, while her parents were contacted. And then she, was, she received a 10 day suspension. Um, so when I looked on her behavior record, from 2000, from the year before, she had threatened to stab two teachers on separate occasions 
with a pair of scissors. Um, I was unaware of that at the time. So apparently last year, this particular student had to have a teacher aid with her at all times. That hadn't been put in place this year. Do you think that that teacher's aide was trained to deal with behaviour like that? No, it was literally so that she was never left alone with a student. Right. So it wasn't educational. It was She was a really a security guard on this student. Yes. Wow. That's, uh, so the student's education was simply, wasn't really happening. She was being watched. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so what happened after that? So she got a 10-day suspension. Um The reason she wasn't given higher than that, I was told, was because of um, issues at home, that she didn't have a fantastic home life. Um, So 20 days was not appropriate for the student. Anyway, the day she came back, she entered another teacher's classroom during the lesson, so she wasn't where she was supposed to be. She came in, pulled the student off their desk, off their chair, and repeatedly punched and kicked the student while the teacher tried to separate the two of them. Right. So uh, in a classroom that wasn't hers, she charges in and she starts bashing this other student and the teacher then has to try and separate them, which I guess is is coming up to be illegal. You're not allowed to touch the students in order to even separate them, I believe. So how did this finish up? Well, she got another 10 days. Right. And that's it. At this stage, she's no longer. She's not back at the school. She's still enrolled. She's part of the um, child mental health unit um, educational facility, which is an off branch of our school. So, so she's on a mental health plan, probably with the government. Yeah. And she's been placed then in a mainstream school for you to teach. Um, and you don't have the training in in dealing with students with the mental health, especially an explosive student like that. Um, I, I did question the deputy involved. At our school, we have a deputy in charge of workplace health and safety. And I did ask why she's not at a particular facility that we have here in the town that um, I work in. And I was told that the government closed that facility at the end of last year because it was too expensive and the government expected each school to deal with their own issues for high flying flying students. Yeah, so a lot of most of those segregated areas have been closed down and mainstream schools have to by law accept students now she would have uh, be classified as having a disability um, but that disability can't be catered for in your mainstream school. And, and to expect you to do it after you've been physically assaulted, um, that is a, that's a big stretch. See, um, the school that I was at last year um, had a different approach. It was, you put a hand on a teacher, you don't get to go back to this school. Was that a public school? Yes. Like, so um, state government school... But the principal was very explicit with the students, said, if you put your hands on a teacher in a fit of, like, um, you know, anger, then don't expect to come back. Right. So it seems that there is um, there is a separation between what some principals are doing and what other principals are doing. That other principal you mentioned did the right thing and came down very hard if a teacher was 
you know, even touched. Whereas the teacher, the principal currently, is just letting this go. It would seem suspension. I don't. I don't um, think the current principal that I work with is to blame. The um, the state government is very much a. Um, like the Queensland state government is very much that particularly um, students in care and um, students at risk should stay at schools and not be excluded. Right. So this is the inclusion model adopted by all state governments, which means everyone has to be included no matter about their uh, ability or their disability or their, their background. And that is absolutely fine when it comes to gender, religion, um, beliefs, all of that, colour, race, all of that. But when it comes to these special cases of mental health, it simply is not working, it would seem, in your school. Like this particular student, um, I had given been given no background on so I was not, and I had given her a, a large, like, leeway. You know, when she wants to go for a drink, I let her go for a walk. I let her, like, she has a out-of-class timeout pass. Um, so I used every strategy that I could. But when she asked with five minutes left of the lesson, could she go outside and adjust her braces or some something, I said, no. There's five minutes left. I understand that you're in some discomfort. I had braces too, but you can wait till the end of the lesson. Um, and she just yelled, no, and grabbed me. And um, to, you know, and I didn't fight back because I thought if I fight back, I'm going to be the one in trouble. And, um, you know, I literally did not grab her to even pull her hand away from me i just kept her because i don't want to be in that situation where i'm facing discipline for touching her no and you would be in a, a difficult situation then um look how has this left you now thinking about your job as a teacher well i've actually um made a decision next semester to go on a 0.8 teaching fraction. Um, so I discussed it with my FOD and I discussed it with my husband and the extra money just isn't worth the the annoyance. And, you know, I'm getting towards... Like, last year I acted as a head of department. I don't want that anymore. This has made me no. um, question whether staying in the profession is what I want. And, and you're not the only... There's thousands of teachers leaving leaving the job and going somewhere with perhaps not as good a pay, but they're a lot happier and they feel safer. You know, I could go well and truly go back to research. That's what I did before I became a teacher. And, you know, yep. a lot less stress in the lab than there is teaching. Yeah, look... It's been great um, talking to you. Um, and look, I, am, I wish you well, uh, but I think you've, you've expressed the concerns of thousands of teachers out there. You know, if the state government wants to get serious on occupational um, violence, then they need to do something about it. And straight after that interview, I got a message from the teachers saying that 
she was told by the administration uh, that the suspension couldn't be any more because her father had threatened to sue the school and the department last year for failing to provide his daughter with an education. So it seems that the principal is fairly well hamstrung. Our brain breaks this week come from a fellow called Brett Gedge, who sent me some of his original work. It's all, all, all on Spotify as well. Now, you can look up Brett Gedge. You could look up the Derby Dolls, because that's another name that he goes by. He's not doing any live performances because he's recording another album, but this is a tremendous track uh, called Mount Kira. He's, Brett's from the Illawarra, by the way, and Mount Kira is a mountain in the Illawarra. Looking up at Mount Kira with Venus hanging over clouds as a tail. My breath is hanging in the air. The home of street lights brought me here to well, I is fading, but it's alright. It's okay. All the stars will surely show me the way as they lead me home tonight.
And that was Brett Gedge, or you can look up the Derby Dolls. And uh, Brett is an ex-teacher, by the way. He's an ex-teacher from the Illawarra region. There have been so many comments sent in about behaviour of students and how it affects the teachers, um, their uh, anxiety levels, their mental health. Um, And here's just, just a couple more of them. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. That's actually one of the points that I feel is probably um, most noticeable is that external influence on us. And it's the respect for teachers and our profession that has drastically changed. And when I think back to what it was like when I was at school, when I first started teaching as well, and to what it is now, and I'm just finding that more and more I'm noticing disrespect from parents in the community about teachers and about our profession and about our application to our job. Um, And that's making it a lot harder to do the job as well because there's generally quite a significant correlation between the vocal parents and their dislike of the education system and the students who are, um, you know, who have engagement concerns while at school. This disrespect leading to behaviour issues in, in, in the classroom? I believe so, yes. And, you know, I, I work very hard to build respectful relationships with my student and I'm fortunate that I've been quite successful in that and so I don't have as many discipline issues as some other teachers do. But there is definitely, um, you know, when the kids have got the support at home that, that is, you know, the, the kids are getting that support from home. So they're not feeling as though if a teacher is trying to guide them in a particular direction that they actually have to listen. And this from Peter Collins, an ex-primary principal. I have seen newly appointed teachers straight out of university who've been placed in the classroom who, within the first year, have gone off on, on stress leave um, just because... You know, they couldn't handle the the workload, the expectations that were put on there, the scrutiny from the parents. Um, you know, gone are the days where parents used to, once upon a time when I was going to primary school, if I got into trouble at school, I'd get into trouble at home. Well, these days it's exactly the opposite. The parents want to have an explanation as to why their child gets into trouble. So it's just that added added scrutiny that's placed on you. And there is the difference that it seems nowadays um, the, you have to explain it uh, to the parent. Uh, you not believe straight away because they may well contradict you and say that, no, you were wrong. Before we have a brain break, I'm going to tell you a story that we received during the week. It was from a woman who was called uh, an FC um, from a group of students. Well, one student and the others were standing around. They then went to the principal and said, look, this person did that. And the principal said, look, I can't take it any further. Could you get two written explanations from two other people, two people who witnessed it, um, that this happened, and then we can take it further? Now, how ridiculous is that? As if the two, two of the friends of this 
uh, person, this this kid who called her the name, are going to now give a written statement saying that, yes, Bobby called the teacher this. Um, that is completely um, out of the question. That's not going to happen. So the teacher is not believed and proof is needed, which gets us to one of the um, uh, criteria for staying in a profession that a couple of teachers wanted and that was a body camera a body camera so that um, they were automatically believed when they were abused uh, and they didn't have to explain it that's pretty tragic and here's another one from nicola elliott like so they can say and do and i've seen i've seen worse i've seen not to me personally but parents like stand up arguing with a teacher in the playground. I've had parents not in my class refuse to pick their children up for when they've been involved in, you know, hitting a teacher in in our nice little school. Like refusing to, yeah, it's just awful. And this from SSP principal Mark Smith. I think students are often a reflection of the values that the parents have perhaps instilled um, within them um, and I mentioned before about that you know teachers not being held in the same high regard that they used to be and I think that's you know certainly that plays out in the school in the playground um, in the way that students interact with staff and the way that students um, can at times be quite um, um, quite uh, rude to teachers they, 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 there's not a there's not an inherent respect for people providing the skills that they've got to the students like it's you know it's not the communication that a student might have with their doctor or their dentist um, but they feel free that, to have that same conversation a quite, a quite disrespectful conversation with the teacher and Mark put it very well there that the student wouldn't speak like that to their doctor uh, to their dentist uh, probably to the nurse that's giving them the COVID shot, but they're fine to speak like that to their teacher. Time for another brain break. Uh, more from Brett Getch and the Derby Dolls. And this is a song called Sunday Morning. Sunday morning, I'm sitting with my car. Voices whisper down the hall behind me. I've got no reason to think about the time now. Sunday morning, you've got me where I want now, and the rain can come or the sun. Smiling out into the distance 
And that was Brett Gedge from the Illawarra with a track called Sunday Morning. He also goes by the name of the Derby Dolls. And uh, if you have any music that you'd like to have heard on the podcast, just let me know. Send me in a link or an MP3 file. It has to be an original piece or it can be a cover if you've already paid the copyright on it. So in other words, you're giving us permission to play it on Uh, on the podcast. Okay, we put out a survey to teachers via uh, Facebook using a special uh, survey system on um, student behaviour, had they been abused, Um, and there were 76 responses, which is more than we expected. By the way, we don't know any of these teachers, and it was anonymous. Um, 76 responses, 83% had been abused or disrespected by a student. 83%. And we then asked, did you report it to the leadership? Yes, 88% of those, a vast majority, reported it to the leadership. Lee Louise, one of our producers, just going to fill us in on a couple of the comments that we got as to what happened when this had been reported to the leadership. Nothing happened. He was removed for an hour so we, the class, and I could have respite. I was told that I work in a public school and that that was the way it is. So that's the way it is according to the leadership in a public school. There's another one. Uh, Told to put on school system with no check-in for my welfare. So that is an interesting one because there was no question as to whether the teacher was okay after all of this. So, another one. Nothing happened. 
I was told it wouldn't have hurt me anyway. A punch to the face? Then I would just have to get over it after verbal abuse and threats. Right, so a punch in the face, the person's just got to get over it? Nothing happened. For the student in question telling a teacher to go F themselves and flatly refusing simple instructions was considered very minor. Right, so swearing at a teacher is considered minor. That's not good. And there is one final one, I think. Uh, nothing would happen and the paperwork is too much. Okay, so we've got a lot of pretty negative things there. Now, there was many responses, um, over 70, uh, and all of those responses will be on the filtered website. I'll also try and get some onto the main uh, podcast website so that you can read them. And it is a tragic list that teachers are being, well, not ignored, but certainly being left out uh, the um, the the right is seemingly going to the student. Uh, the teacher isn't even checked on to see if they're okay. But there were a couple of positive outcomes, weren't there? Yes. Uh, reported and dealt with. The student was spoken to, reflected on their behaviour for a small part of their playtime, and the parent was contacted. Well, that's a good one. Uh, and suspension. Well, this was in from a uh, deputy. Right, so the deputy yes. <laughs> managed to yes. uh, suspend the person. So you can see that um, it's pretty bad. We then asked, has there been a time when you felt unsafe in your school environment? And yes, 78.8% of teachers have felt unsafe in their environment. When it comes to, um, do you think that the amount of abuse suffered by teachers has increased in the time of the person's career, it was overwhelming. 93% said that the amount of abuse suffered had increased. We then went on to a very contentious question. I realised it would be contentious. A recent study, and it was quoted in the Sydney Morning Herald, found that 40% of school behaviour problems are coming from students with a disability. We asked, if you've experienced this in your school, please elaborate. And if not, just move on to the next question. There were many, many responses to this. I realise fully that there are lots of disabled students who can just learn in a mainstream classroom, and that will not be one problem at all. But it seems that there's a few problems out there. Uh, Lee, could you just read us one of the responses? This is an area which I am teaching, and yes, there is an increase in behavioural issues. Okay, so we've got a teacher there that, that uh, is specialising in this area, and she says there is an increase. Another one? Yes, we are not trained or supported to deal with the complexities of special needs students. Some have serious mental health problems and can be very abusive not only towards teachers, but also towards other students. And then the teacher has to protect her students. Sometimes it's pure survival. Forget teaching anything. That's a sad one, because it not only says that the teacher suffers the abuse, the education of the other students in the room also suffers. And the fact that it comes down to survival from that teacher and from the other students is very sad. 
Yes, I have been pushed, slapped and deliberately coughed on during COVID. Coughed on during COVID. Now, in the case of the hospital situation, security would have been called and they would have been uh, escorted from the hospital and delivered to the police. Students with a disability are not being catered for effectively in mainstream classrooms. In many cases, they are undiagnosed and or underfunded for their needs. So we're not saying that the student or that we're not blaming the student, but it's underfunded and there is no support there in a mainstream classroom. And this last one is particularly sad, I think. There's significant issues with a student with a disability sexualising, harassing and assaulting female staff repeatedly. Five serious incidences occurred before the student was suspended as my principal was reluctant to suspend a student with a disability. Female staff continue to be rostered to support this student. So there we have a student who's consistently sexualising, harassing female staff uh, and that uh, school is still persisting on putting female staff on with that student, probably because they simply don't have any others and they're not being funded properly. Uh, to address the needs of this student. Now, in that case, I'm certainly not blaming that student. When I worked in the disability sector for several years, this was what several of the clients were like. And that's the way they were born. They were born with that disability. And there is nothing that you could really do to stop that other than medications. Now, I would, I would really ask what that student is doing in that mainstream school because that student, if it's happening with the teachers, it's probably happening with other students, other students who are there to learn and not be harassed um, by someone who really has no control over it. It's time for parents everywhere to ask what is happening in our schools, the parents of abled children, students, the parents of disabled students, because at the moment, in many schools, neither of them are getting the education that they need or that they deserve. It's unreasonable to ask the principal, they're fairly hamstrung, but you should be asking representatives from the government. And it's time for parents to rise up and say, what is going on in our schools? And we're nearly to the end of marking the roll for this week. This has been episode four. I know that there's been a lot of negative stuff in this. Hopefully next week we'll have some more positive stuff. I'm going to be interviewing a representative of the behaviour team in the New South Wales Department of Education and Training, and they've put together this new policy, which is not being favourably looked on by many, although it's being favourably looked on by some. And they will be talking to me about the new policy. Now, I'll be interviewing them on the Wednesday, which means the fifth episode of this podcast won't be out until the Thursday, because we'll have to have time to put that all together. I really appreciate the positive comments that come from you, uh, our listeners. It really helps keep us going. Um, there's no money in this for us. We're not paid to do it. It's something that needs to be 
said and needs to be heard. Next week, episode five, uh, we again look at behaviour, but this time hopefully with a more positive slant. My name's Phil Dye. You've been listening to Marking the Roll. (laughs) 